Welcome to an election edition of Perspectives. I'm Joan Herman. On today's show, I speak with the two candidates vying for position two on the Astoria School Board in the May 21st election, incumbent David Ozer and challenger Heidi Wintermute. Astoria Library Director Jimmy Pearson, who is appointed to a vacant position on the board in January, is running unopposed for position three. My first guest, David Ozer, was originally appointed to the school board in January of 2016 and then elected in May 2017 to a two-year term. Before retiring last year, Ozer served as the chief financial officer for local lending institution Craft 3. He holds a bachelor's degree in sociology from Carleton College in Minnesota and a master's degree in English from the University of Chicago. This program was pre-recorded. Welcome to the studio, David. Thanks very much, Joan. Happy to be here. Tell me why you are running for re-election to the Astoria School Board. Thank you. I have a very um, specific reason for doing that, as well as wanting to continue the work that we've been doing to uh, help the education of our of our children, and I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But um, specifically, I was very involved last fall in the, in the successful uh, school bond campaign where, with a majority of 63%, we passed a $70 million capital improvement bond for our school district. Uh, in addition to the work that I did as a member of the school board, Skip Hauke and I were the co-chairs of a political action committee, Yes for Astoria Kids, which uh, did a lot of the work to really get out the vote, to uh, send flyers to people, to provide other types of, of information, uh, organizing door-to-door and that type of thing, uh, in order to, to get that uh, vote approved. Uh, I have, as you mentioned in, in the, the introduction, um, a great deal of financial expertise. I was the chief financial officer at Kraft 3. Uh, before that, I worked for Shorebank in Chicago in various executive financial capacities. So I have a great deal of experience in investing, in um, finance in general, in budgeting, in accounting. And uh, I really want to bring that to the work of making sure that the bond proceeds are spent on time and on budget. There are also a number of things within the scope of the the, uh, board of directors that I am very interested in, particularly spending the new money that we will have available to us uh, in this uh, this year and hopefully years to come on issues like the um, uh, having more counselors in our school, increasing the pre-kindergarten classes. We currently have one. We have room for four more. Uh, and there are a number of, of other issues that we passed in the budget last week. Will the bond allow for um, staff improvements, staff increases, such as more counselors and preschool or pre-kindergarten uh, well, teachers? No. By statute, these bonds can only be used for capital improvement purposes. So how would this, the school district get the money to do those other improvements? In, in two ways. There was already an increase in the state's uh, budget that allowed, that's allowing us to add three new elementary school teachers, to add a behavioral specialist, and to make a number of other improvements, such as adding new textbooks. 
uh, as we speak right now, the Student Success Act, which uh, is has been passed by the House, will soon be um, decided upon by the Senate. We we believe that the Oregon Senate will pass this. Uh, if that happens and if it all goes through, we our district stands to gain an additional uh, over $2 million a year. This will help us with our career technical education programs, with um, our, our programs for talented and gifted, with our programs for um, addressing youth who are having a hard time already in the eighth grade and are at risk. You can tell when kids get into the into the ninth grade, you can tell that whether or not they're on track to to graduate. And we have we have focused on those kids and will continue uh, to do so. So uh, all of these issues and more are are really we've been prevented for from dealing with them due to lack of money, not lack of will or lack of interest. And you've kind of touched on this, but what do you see as the most pressing challenges facing the school district? The, the I mean, on a practical matter, of course, it's spending the bond proceeds. Um, that's that's uh, clearly um, the, the number one item in the short term. But m- in more depth, there it's really the, the mental health and trauma type of issues that so many of our kids today come into come into the schools with and carry through with them throughout their their educational uh, time. Um, we see that nearly half the kids that that come in either are living in poverty or close to it. Many of them have uh, dysfunctional family issues, and all of these come to the schools to deal with. One of the things that we are particularly uh, concerned with is what what we call our English English language learners. Uh, in our in our district, these are basically um, almost entirely uh, kids from whose parents are from Mexico or or Central America. The kids are usually almost always born here in the United States, and so are citizens, but their parents, by and large, are not. And so they carry this worry that, what's going to happen to my parents? Are they going to be, are they going to be deported? And this is, this is, frankly, over the last couple of years, has become much more of a concern for the kids and, and in, the, in the Hispanic community here. And it's one, the school does everything it possibly can to reassure the, these, the, 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 the children and their parents that we are doing everything we possibly can to uh, to create a safe and secure environment for them and for all of the students. Are there many uh, Spanish-speaking students? I mean, whose first language may be Spanish or they're bilingual, but who just fit into the category that you mentioned, where they're concerned about their parents being deported. Yes, both the the term English language learner is really we only apply it to the kids while they're they're in the process of learning. So there are a lot more kids with Hispanic backgrounds than who are English language learners. They already they either didn't need that special um, uh, training or they've they've passed through it. Okay. Um, what other priorities would you have as a school board member okay. for another term? Sure. Yeah. One of the one of the things that. Uh, I had been pushing very strongly ever since I got on the board was to eliminate the co-curricular fees that um, kids in the in the middle school and the high school were charged for particularly athletic and some arts activities. These fees, which were for in the high school up to one hundred and twenty five dollars, 
the school would would kind of give kids scholarships to to um, not to have to pay those fees. But there was still a not only was there a stigma attached if if it was too much for you to pay or you didn't you were uncomfortable asking your parents, but it it deterred kids from trying. I mean, even kids who could afford the money would say, "Oh, gee, you know, do, I don't know if I like volleyball. Uh, do I? Can I ask my parents for for this kind of money?" and after three sessions, decide I really don't. So we think this will imp- in- increase the uh, participation, and this is in the school uh, system. The other thing that, that uh, we have not accomplished yet that I would really like to um, uh, have in the schools and also that, uh, that Jimmy Pearson, uh, I know, is very much in favor, is, is bringing back uh, uh, qualified uh, credentialed librarians in the school. We have a very a fine aide right now who works part-time at Lewis and Clark and part-time at Astor, but she is not degreed in, in library, uh, librarian science and is, is really does not have that, that kind of training. This is, uh, a, these are positions that were done away with uh, during the budget uh, cuts in the past, and I would really like to be able to restore them. David, I know you're involved in many organizations in the community. Why don't you li- list some of them? I'm just <laughs> curious you. what they all are. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I should add that in many of these organizations, I serve as the, the treasurer because, it's, again, I want to give back to the community my specific uh, skill areas. So um, the uh, one of my very favorite things is, is I'm on the College Foundation Board and I'm the treasurer mm-hmm. there. I'm also on a number of, of committees. We just had a, a very successful event on, on Saturday. Uh, I really love doing that. I'm also on... I'm also very involved in the library. I'm the treasurer of the Library Foundation. We're trying to raise funds for the um, uh, renovation of the library, and I've been for quite a number of years on the Library Advisory Board. That board is a mayoral appointment that really kind of serves as a cabinet to the library director, Jimmy Pearson, and before him, Jane Tucker. I'm on the board of the um, uh, Astoria Warrenton Chamber of Commerce, because I have a lot of experience in community economic development. I don't have a business anymore. I'm a retired person, but uh, I really enjoy doing that. Um, let's see. I'm on the budget, the college's budget committee. We meet tonight to go over their, their budget and, um, of course, the school board. And I'm not sure if I'm remembering. That's quite a few. Things. Yeah. I think most people would say that public service is a thankless job. And generally, you get very, paid very little, if anything. So what draws you to it? Uh, I, you know, I've heard that expression. I, I'm, I feel like that I'm a person that because of the skills that I have, uh, I want to give back to this community. When, when we first moved here, my wife and I, um, I realized, I mean, the things that I know and the experience that I've, I've had, there are a lot of people who have those, those things in Chicago, but here, not so much. Uh, the first thing I did was I, the first uh, board I got on was actually the, the, the hospital foundation. I, I did that for a while um, and was the, was the treasurer there. But I became more education and literacy um, are, and libraries are really a bigger passion of mine. And I was, I was able to find uh, those, those spots. And um, so it's, it's giving back to the community in my special area of expertise. That's, that's what I find most uh, satisfying. And we've got just about 30 seconds left, no pressure. But aside from those interests, tell us a little bit about yourself, your personality that would lend itself to serving again on the school board. Um, 
I my personality is such that you know I'm able to go out and I was able to go out during the uh, the bond and uh, campaign and really communicate with people. I think people don't know what the what the school board really does. We are committed throughout this the, the several years that the bond proceeds will will be spent to meeting with groups and telling p- telling people what's going on. We've met with half a dozen groups already and we'll continue to do that as the um, bond proceeds get spent and and particularly um, next year when the real big uh, construction projects begin. Unfortunately, we are out of time for the first half of the show. I want to thank my guest, David Ozer, for coming into the studio and speaking about his candidacy for re-election to position two on the Astoria School Board in the May 21st election. Thank you, David. Sure. See, I do get thanked. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If you're just joining me, you are listening to a pre-recorded election edition of Perspectives on Coast Community Radio, 91.9 FM Astoria and 89.5 FM Tillamook. I'm Joan Herman. I just concluded an interview with incumbent David Ozer, who is running for re-election to position two on the Astoria School Board in the May 21st election. Up next is my interview with challenger Heidi Wintermute, a school psychologist for the Ocean Beach School District. The Astorian native holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Oregon and a master's in education from the University of Washington. Welcome to the studio, Heidi. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell me why you are running for election to the Astoria School Board, Heidi. Sure. So I have strong ties here in Astoria. I am a third-generation Astorian. Um, my husband was also raised here, and he graduated from Astoria High School. And uh, we moved here in 2013 and bought a house and had our first son in 2016. So he just turned three in February, and he's approaching school age very quickly. And I would like very much to be a part of his education Um I'd also like to play a bigger role in our Astoria community, and I think um, the Astoria School Board is a really good fit for me as an educator to share my knowledge and expertise with the community. Well, how does your position as a school psychologist across the river, um, how would that inform your work as a school board member? Sure. So as a school psychologist, I am trained in education law and school systems, um, evidence-based practices, so the latest research in education. Um, I work with administrators, teachers, instructional aides, parents, students, so I have the ability to um, communicate with each of those people within the district. Do you see as the biggest challenges facing the Astoria School District? Sure. Um, So I am currently um, in my 10th year as a school psychologist. And in the last 10 years, I've seen a dramatic increase in childhood trauma and um, extreme extreme student behaviors in the schools. Um, So the Oregon Education Association just put out a big report in February. Uh, It's called The Crisis of Disrupted Learning. And in that report, they have Um, interviewed teachers all across Oregon, and they've found that this is a problem all across the state. Um, They've actually described it as a crisis at this point. And uh, so in their report, they uh, talk about how um, class sizes are a very big thing that need to be worked on. Um, 
research indicates that classes of 18 students or less are the most effective learning environments for kids. And in Astoria, our average class size is 20 to 29 students, which is, is pretty big. Um, and I know I'm also on the budget committee in Astoria, and it's a pretty exciting budget committee this year because mm-hmm. there's actually some money to play with. And oh, wow. Yeah, and so the um, committee did approve for the district to hire three additional elementary teachers, which is great, um, but we still need to keep working on getting those class sizes down in the middle and high school level as well. Does the budget allow for you to do that if you were elected to the board to reduce class sizes? Yeah, so that's part of it. They've worked in three additional um, teacher positions um, that was approved last week on the budget committee. Do you have a sense of how that will affect class sizes across the grade levels? Um, so, yeah, they, the three positions that they are looking for, I believe, are thir- first, third, and fourth grades. So it's primarily at the Astor and um, Lewis and Clark schools that um, they're going to be working on um, getting a couple of those class sizes down. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly, your challenger, David Ozer, also mentioned that he's seen a lot of, or teachers are seeing a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. from students coming into the classrooms, something that apparently wasn't occurring maybe 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. at least at this level. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Um, So I don't know why it is. I think... um, there's just a lot of things happening in the homes for kids. They're exposed to a lot of alcohol and drugs. Homelessness and poverty is huge. And, you know, in our district, 45% of kids are on free and reduced lunch, which means they're under the poverty level. Um, there's a lot of things that kids experience, like domestic violence. Um, and I think all of that culminates into um, kids coming to school with their needs not being met. And it's really hard for them to focus on classes when they are focused on other things that are more personal to them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of trauma from it. What are the challenges do you see facing the district? Um, So I think along with class sizes being too big, we also don't have enough mental health support staff in the schools. Um, If you were to go by national recommendations for amount of school counselors, our district, a district of our size would need 7.5 counselors and we have 6.5 school social workers we would need 4.5 and we have 0.5 school psychologists like myself we would need 2.5 we have one and um, school nurses we would also need 2.5 we have 1.2 so we're lacking in mental health support staff and so teachers with these big classes are being asked to play those roles and they're not trained to do that and what happens when students don't get those services So you see a lot of extreme behaviors in the classrooms, Um, tables being tipped over, um, teachers being punched or kicked or hit. Um, A lot of times when kids get very upset, we have to do what's called a broom clear, um, which is when the teacher has to remove all of the kids in their classroom out of the room so that they are safe from um, the student who is being disruptive. Is that very common? It is very common. Mm -hmm. It happens, can happen almost daily um, in a school. Are you involved in any other community organizations or public service types of activities, Heidi? 
Um, <clears throat> so I currently serve on the Astoria School Board Budget Committee. Right, you mentioned um, that. I mentioned that. And um, I also am a member of uh, NAMI, the National Association of Mental Illness um, in town. Um, but I, public service-wise, this is kind of my first. Um, so this is all new to me. Campaigning is new. Most people would say that public service is really a thankless job. So why are you deciding to wade into it? Well, I think, as I said before, um, as an educator, I think I have a lot to offer our community, and I do want to be more involved in the community. Um, I see a lot of need in my job for the kids in schools, and I um, am on the front lines every day doing that work, and I don't work in our school district. Um, you can't actually work in the school district where you serve on a school board. Um, but I do want to be a part of our school district because I have a kid that will be going through from start to finish um, myself. And I think I have a lot of knowledge and expertise to bring to the board. And working on a board is working with four other individuals. Mm -hmm. Tell me what about your personality would lend itself to that? In my profession... Um, as a school psychologist, I am a member of evaluation teams that work. I work with other specialists. I work with teachers. I work with parents. And um, you have to be a good team player in order to design individual education plans for kids, um, behavior intervention plans for kids. And that's a huge part of my job. Um, you have to. I think that I'm a very good listener um, because, again, I have to be. I have to understand what teachers want. I have to understand what parents want. And I have to understand what st students are feeling and what they're experiencing while they're in school. So, um, I believe that I'm. My job naturally makes me a good team player. I guess is what I, we're going for. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. The Student Success Act is now pending in the Oregon Senate. It just passed the Oregon House, mm -hmm. and it would provide something like $2 million to the Astoria School District. So what is your position on that? Well, um, I think, as I was saying earlier, the money that's coming that we've found in the Budget Committee locally is very exciting. But when you think about the what the state could provide if this act goes through. Um, it's $2 billion per biennium for the whole state. And Mr. Hoppe said at our budget committee uh, the other night that that would equate to roughly $4.5 million for our school district. Oh, not to. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, that's what he oh, said. Oh, that's over the biennium. You yes, said. over okay. the biennium, biennium. Excuse me. And um, so... That Student Success Act has the money allocated for very specific things, so 20% for um, early childhood education, and um, I believe it's 30% for school initiatives. Um, so it really would provide a lot more money in addition to what we've already approved on the budget um, to work on those things. And the school district, of course, just passed a large bond measure approximately $70 million. Were you involved at all in the passage of that? I knocked on doors for them. You did? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's not easy. I did do that. Um, but uh, I was part of the budget committee last year, but a lot of the decisions about finances around the bond were already made at that point. So. And what are your thoughts on the bond that was just passed? I think it's exciting. Um, I am very grateful that the community passed it. It's going to be do great things for our kids in the schools. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio today, Heidi, mm -hmm. and speaking at your, about your candidacy for the Astoria School Board. Thank you for having me.
Unfortunately, we are out of time. Heidi Wintermute, a school psychologist for the Ocean Beach School District, is challenging incumbent David Ozer, the retired CEO of local lending institution, Craft 3, for position two on the Astoria School Board in the May 21st election. Astoria Library Director Jimmy Pearson, who was appointed to a vacant position on the board in January, is running unopposed for position three. It is too late to register to vote in the upcoming election. Ballots have already been mailed to all registered voters. If you have not received yours, call the Elections Department at 503-325-8605. That's 503-325-8605. Ballots must be returned to an official ballot drop box located throughout the county or to the County Elections Department no later than 8 p.m. on Tuesday, May 21st. Postmarks do not count. This is Perspectives, and I'm your host, Joan Herman. The show was brought to you in part by a grant from the Clatsop County Cultural Coalition. Perspectives was engineered today by Brian Bovenizer. The show can be heard on the stations of Coates Community Radio. You also can find show podcasts on the station's website. If you would like to contact me, send me an email to perspectives at coastradio.org. Thanks for listening.